1: You can hear her clearly, even in a barn full of cows. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke.
0: Sunny and dry for our Thursday. Looks like daytime highs today will be around 56 degrees. Tomorrow's sunshine and 59. We're into the 60s on a Friday. So glad you're along with us. I'm Farm Director Pam Yonke. A couple other things we're going to touch on this morning. There is nothing more frustrating to a Wisconsin farmer than really getting going on the harvest and all of a sudden you break down. Today, getting that service maintained or fixed can take a very long time. We just don't have service technicians talking about that. We're also visiting with Katie Burgess from Everag on a Thursday.
2: It's inevitable. If you're involved with farming, there's always a risk for injury or worse. That's why the Midwest Farm Report and Rural Mutual Insurance are teaming up to bring a video safety series through the month of October called Rooted in Farm Safety. Each week, a new video will be released focusing on how you can be safer on the farm. Be sure to visit MidwestFarmReport.com or Fabulous Farm Babe on Facebook for the full videos.
3: For those that have been in the dairy industry for a long time, the traditional difference between barrels and blocks, four to six cents. But as we've seen over the past few years, uh, that hasn't been the case. Bob Bosol here at the northern end of the world's longest barn. And it does make for confusion in the dairy industry, Pam. So can you straighten us out a little bit?
0: I don't know if I can, but uh, Dr. Mark Stevenson from the Center for Dairy Profitability surely can. Fabulous Farm Bay, Pam Yaki, the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. And this really has been a big topic of conversation over the past 30 to 45 days. Why? Because Wisconsin and our dairy industry uh, focuses a lot of attention on cheese prices, whether it's barrel or block. Now, lately... That barrel price has gotten to be stronger than the block price or that, than the block price. The problem is that that sent a lot of our cheese making cooperatives into protection mode. Letters went out to dairy producers telling them that they were going to be docked because of this inversion how long is it going to last and why did it happen to begin with that's what I talked about with Dr. Mark Stevenson from the Center for Dairy Profitability and he says it is a question that he's had posed to him several times in the past month or a month and a half
4: well it's unusual Pam Um, and thanks for asking me about this but um, you know we had a long history when blocks were always above barrels and you know 20 years ago when we did the federal order reform at that point in time blocks and barrels moved very closely together they averaged something like three cents difference with blocks being higher Um, but man since pandemic you know anything goes but but quite honestly these have become different markets i mean barrel cheese is fundamentally a different product than block cheddar is they they go for completely different kinds of uses and we've seen the barrel market uh, do its own thing, and that's when we can get these kind of what we think of as inversions, but they're really just two separate markets that are are moving apart.
0: Well, and they are markets, like you said, that depend on each other. And again, I realize that dairy farmers know they've got to watch the barrel and black cheese price. But can you explain in layman's terms, Mark? The you know the terminology speaks to itself. Those barrels have to provide uh, financial opportunity for blocks to be sold.
4: Well, we used to, um, you know, think of barrels as being the place where you would last put milk, you know? So in other words, they were a balancing mechanism for a marketplace. You could put a fair amount of milk in there. You could store some of this product for a period of time. And of course the biggest use of barrel cheese like this is for making processed cheese, um, you know those uh, wrapped single slices or cheese whiz type products, that kind of thing. Um, and it's you know it's a biggish market on its own, but those products are going to move together to some extent. But they've got a life of their own anymore. Um, you know the need for de- barrels is separate from blocks. And we used to have plants that could switch from blocks to barrels or or vice versa, if the price. Uh, was indicating they needed more of one product than another. We don't have that so much anymore. Our plants are large and very specialized. They take in milk and they make, you know, a particular product. So we're a little bit more rigid than we used to be.
0: Now explain for people why it seems that Wisconsin is hit particularly hard when barrel and black go uh, opposite of each other. Um, You kind of alluded to it in your previous comments, Mark, about The times have changed, our plants have changed, but a lot of dairy producers are getting letters from their cooperative telling them that they're going to see a dock on their milk check. Uh, There's a lot of unanswered questions about why these things are happening and for how long.
4: Well, um, you know, bear with me because it's just a little bit complicated, but it's not too bad if you think about it. Again, remember 20 years ago we had federal order reform, they said blocks and barrels will be used to determine the average cheese price and we do that with that weekly survey that uh, USDA runs. And um, they, they create a weighted average price of the amount of product that's been sold uh, in those two marketplaces. So when we have barrels that are quite a bit above blocks then that's going to tend to pull that average up toward barrels and away from the block cheese virtually all cheese products all of the specialty cheeses we make in a state like wisconsin are priced off of the block market not the barrel market so you know it's usually cme spot cheddar prices plus something or minus something perhaps if it's a discount but they're priced off of that block market So when you've got something that's pulling those cheese prices up quite a bit, um, it creates a higher class three price calculation. And it really compresses the margins in those cheese plants that are making products that are priced off the block market. So that's why we have plants that are having to turn around and say either if they're a cooperatively owned plant, um, we're going to have to assess members, you know, to... um, to work this out um, so that the uh, the co-op is is made whole. Um, or if you're a proprietary plant and that's what you're shipping to and the proprietary plant can't underpay if they're regulated, their choice is to become unregulated or, in other words, uh, drop out of the pool. So those are the two options that we have under these circumstances.
0: Right. And we did see that the depooling was a big conversation topic during Uh, the pandemic and right after. Now, let's talk a little bit about how long we expect this kind of situation to be in the marketplace, Mark. You mentioned at the outset, it's a little rare. Well, uh, judging by the emails and phone calls I've got, that's a good thing because uh, we can't handle too much of this. You think it'll be done by the end of the calendar year?
4: Well, um, yeah. I mean, if you think about when's our big demand for cheese, um, it is from thanksgiving through super bowl and you know that's when we've got a lot of product that needs to be fresh and available that's the barrel market so right now i think what we've got are a bunch of plants that are trying to make sure that they're satisfying customer needs to get that product in get it in the pipeline for our big demand season and that's pretty much in the books i mean obviously we haven't even gotten to thanksgiving yet but uh, those buyers have made their commitments for how much product they want, uh, for the most part, and, and we're seeing right now uh, a bit more of the convergence of the barrels and blocks coming together. I haven't seen what happened today, but um, over the last few days, those two markets have been coming together, although barrels still have been a bit higher, but not the 20-some cents that we were watching earlier.
0: Right. You know, you talk about that seasonal influence. The other commodity I want to discuss with you is butter. That has uh, really raised some attention, uh, moving so high, maybe it's plateaued now. Talk to me about milk movement, where that butter is generally being produced, Mark, and what's going on to drive that butter price.
4: Well, um, the biggest volume of butter is produced on the West Coast. Uh, and over there, we see uh, a number, well, uh, just as a good example, here in the upper Midwest, we are generally taking our big milk volume into cheese plants. Um, and some of our cheese plants are a little bit cream surplus, are a little bit cream deficit. But, you know, it's close to being a rough balance in those plants. Um, they might buy some non-fat solids uh, to come in there to balance the uh, cheese vat a little bit, standardize it. But on the West Coast, they aren't balancing with cheese. They're balancing with butter and powder plants. And the powder, of course, is for export. The butter is used almost entirely domestically. We've got some big butter plants uh, in the Midwest, but um, you know nothing like the large volume plants that we have out West.
0: And that's the same place where we're seeing the cattle numbers start to dwindle. Um, and we can't, despite maybe what the common sense of our dairy producers in Wisconsin says we can't really send our milk to their plants can we
4: oh no that's just logistically it, it, you you chew up all of the potential need and benefits with transportation costs very quickly and you know that's one of the reasons why we've seen more milk dumping occurring in the northeast than anywhere else and it's simply because They've had some extra milk production going on, and they've got plants that just can't take any more. So um, it becomes a a problem, and you know it's one of those things that's hard to explain when it happens. But uh, nevertheless, it happens for real reasons. So they can't send their surplus milk to us to be used in a cheese vats; too expensive to do, and we can't send our milk west.
0: Dr. Mark Stevenson, our dairy specialist, is along with us. Let's talk a little bit about the other trends that we're noticing, Mark, not just in the west or the southwest, but kind of everywhere. A lot of cows that went to uh, market as beef, and it seems that we're just not necessarily uh, rebuilding that heifer pipeline. What does that tell you about
4: 2023? Oh, Pam, we've got more moving parts going on right now in our dairy markets than I've ever seen in my career. Um, You know, we've got demand that is uncertain in the face of, you know, pretty high consumer prices for product. Um, We've still got the impacts of um, COVID uh, that are hitting supply chains and and, uh, concerning some consumers, you know, about still going out and sitting down and eating. Um, we've got milk supplies that are threatened in the west by lack of uh, moisture, rain uh, on crops and, and uh, you know, we've had farmers that have just said, it's enough, I can't do it anymore uh, out there, which is not something we've seen in a very long period of time. So the milk supply is questionable and feed prices extremely high. Um, employment, uh, you know, trying to keep employees on farms, uh, labor costs are high, um, it's just a tough time and and not easy to say who's going to win, are we going to have too much milk under these relatively high milk prices, or are markets going to equilibrate and return to anything like uh, a normal, or mm-hmm. some kind of normal anytime soon, I don't know.
0: Well, and that, I think, is the the answer I'm getting from most people. Just don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Dr. Mark Stevenson, our University Extension Dairy Specialist, uh, the Center for Dairy Profitability, and a fellow we turn to often when we have those kinds of questions and, like I said, see industry movement the way we have in the state of Wisconsin. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Farm Director Pam Yonke.
1: This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke.
5: Whether it's the sound of the carnival or the taste of the cotton candy or your first blue ribbon, we all have memories of the fair. Here's your chance to share those stories in our Everybody Has a Fair Story contest. The Midwest Farm Report is teaming up with the Wisconsin Association of Fairs to offer cash prizes for your fair stories. Entries are being accepted all summer long, and there is no limit, so tell us all of your stories. To enter and see full contest details, visit MidwestFarmReport.com.
1: Some people say that at Whiffle's Hybrids, we march to the beat of our own drum. But we don't mind that one bit. Because if staying independent and U.S. farm family owned and focusing on corn and corn alone makes us different than other seed corn companies, well, we just don't know any other way to march. So make your choice and plant your independence. Plant
2: Whiffle's. Tracti LLC, a leader in steel buildings, is growing and now adding to their team. Tracti is now hiring builders and electricians. You work at the same place every day, and you rarely have to fight the elements. Schedules are stable and pay is competitive. Enjoy a tool belt full of benefits, including medical, dental, paid vacation, holiday, and more. Join Tracti now and receive a $2,500 sign-on bonus. Apply in person or online at trachteusa.com. There goes Pam Yonke across Wisconsin in her suburban truck. Thanks to our equipment. Check out the affordable, efficient, versatile tractor line at our equipment and ask for Mr. Versatile. Chunk Gill, and from the Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin, promoting Wisconsin's world-class dairy products since 1983. Look for their Proudly Wisconsin Badge on dairy products. Keep up with Pam at fabulousfarmbabe.net, on Facebook and Twitter.
1: Spreading farm information and occasionally manure. This is the Midwest Farm Report with
0: Pam Young. Oh yeah, there's some of that going on out there, that's for sure. On a Thursday morning, it's all about the weather. We're talking also about some challenges when it comes to good weather and breakdowns. Stick around, lots of stories coming your way. Stumach Ag Meteorologist coming your way right now. Uh, Fortunately, not a real difficult forecast for you this morning. Everything looks like it's staying pretty calm.
3: Yeah, it does stay pretty quiet, although there is some rain in southwest Minnesota, northern and western parts of Iowa, back into Nebraska. A disturbance is trying to move northeast in the plains today, tapping into moisture as they tell me all the way from the Gulf of Mexico. Well, it's not going to amount to much a few more clouds at Lacrosse here late today or into the nighttime. Almost all of us see more clouds tonight because of that moist air trying to build in. But the good news is that's about the extent we clear it out again through the day tomorrow and right on towards Saturday as temperatures push even further above normal, back to 60 or better for the weekend with sunshine. Not a whole lot of windy. There's still some pretty good drying weather coming our way. I'll have forecast details right after this.
6: My name is Cameron Olson, owner of Olson Solar Energy. It seems like it never fails. I I get a customer turned online and their solar is producing. And sure enough, that next month I get a text or an email from that customer or they call into the office even or even come in. They want to show us their bill and say, look, zero dollars. It's always super exciting to be able to be part of that and have that joy and
2: excitement with a customer. Go to OlsonSolarEnergy.com and start saving. Go green, save green with Olson Solar Energy.
6: kind of got to look at it from a Ziegler point of view and a customer point of view and get them into the piece of equipment that's going to benefit their operation. Well, we've really come to trust Ziegler, their support staff, their service trucks. We've had them working on our shop in a tractor till 2 in the morning to get it ready for the next day. When they come on your farm, they're going to stay until they get the job done. Ziegler's service allows us to be ready to run whenever we need to, rain or shine. For agriculture equipment,
0: ZieglerAg.com. We're talking more about that as the show rolls on. Let's get that forecast, Stu.
3: All right, nothing to fix there. Mostly sunny skies expected for today in the mid and upper 50s. Could be near 58 or so at La Crosse for our warm spot. Southeast winds will be around 5 to 10. But more clouds build in first in western Wisconsin late today overnight for the rest of us. Mid-30s with southeast winds at 5 to 10. Could be some morning clouds early on, but sunny skies redevelop Friday. In the upper 50s, maybe a 60 in the west. Southeast winds at 5. Saturday is the nice day. Sunny skies, 60 or just in the very low 60s. South winds at 5. A few more clouds on Sunday, Pam, but still right around that 60 or 62 mark. And southeast breezes even through Sunday, only up to 5 or 10 miles per hour. So it sounds pretty pleasant indeed and stays mild and dry into
0: next week. That is really good news. I mean, boy, we'll hopefully we'll get a lot done in the next 10 days' time before Mother Nature gets fickle on us and likely changes, huh?
3: Yeah, and watch a few more of those moisture points drop off that corn. Yes. That use a little more. Yes,
0: agreed, agreed. All right, buddy, we'll catch up with you tomorrow. Thank you so much.
3: You bet. Take care.
0: Stumach, Ag Meteorologist with a weather forecast that you got to love, no matter whether you're farming or not. Uh, We are going to be talking about some of the challenges that our farmers are facing, though. You know, uh, you use this weather as much as you can, but you can't change when equipment decides to break down. I bet there's a bunch of you out there that have all kinds of stories you'd like to share with me. I'll share one story about the shortage of technicians that Wisconsin farmers are facing. Uh, it's not just about supply chain. It's just basically about a lot of folks retiring from the industry and our equipment getting more complicated. That, plus Katie Burgess from Evereg coming up.
1: This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke.
7: Are you looking for something special? Something right for your needs? What about something with performance, backed by unique germplasm? Well, we're here to help you find a soulmate for your soil. Your soil mate with Agrigold. Enjoy a seed made so specifically for your soil, it feels like fate. And with a team that's with you every step of the way, it's never been easier. Find your soilmate at chooseagrigold.com.
8: We're known for our sweet moves, but what you might not know is that we can store your stuff too. Yep, from one day to one year. We can hold on to your things on our trucks or in our warehouse. This is Brenda from Mad City Moving. We call that the unexpected storage move.
2: Mad City Moving dominates any move. Their crew will handle your things well and like your things deserve to be handled. Online at madcitymoving.com. Mad City Moving. You would never overpay for something if you knew you could get the product for much less elsewhere. Much like you wouldn't pay $6 a gallon for gas if the pump down the street was charging the fair market price. $4, A $4, would you? So why pay more than MSRP on your next Chevy truck? Bergstrom Chevrolet is a local family-owned company that values your dollar as much as you do, so you never pay above manufacturer's suggested retail price. And Bergstrom has the inventory to fill your fleet or fix you up with the truck that's going to pull your toys. So go ahead, shop around, and compare that final cost. If the guys down the street are blowing smoke up your tailpipe, Backing up the price on their Chevy trucks, stop by Bergstrom Chevrolet, where you never get charged over MSRP. Join the Bergstrom Auto Family. How is it
8: that
5: we can have smokers' lines without ever smoking? A skincare minute with Skincare Expert Michelle Neeson. Smokers or lip lines can occur not only because of smoking, but other factors such as talking, drinking from a straw, genetics, and age-related fat loss. The most simple and effective treatment for this problem is a combination of dermal fillers such as Juvederm, which can smooth and fill those fine lines as well as hydrate the lips. Also, a neuromodulator such as Botox can be used in small amounts to relax those pursing muscles. At Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie, this treatment results in a natural, more youthful appearance of the mouth and often lasts a year or longer. Let your natural beauty shine through. Visit us at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com.
9: You're no stranger to hard work and eating right, but your abs are more like flaps. Carbon World Health offers Emsculpt, an FDA-approved treatment for men who want to transform their physique. One session is equivalent to 20,000 crunches without the painful recovery. Melt fat, build and tone muscle, then start getting the results you're looking for. Emsculpt at Carbon World Health. Learn more at carbonworldhealth.com.
10: Because of you, someone
5: gets to stay home in familiar surroundings. Because of you, there will always be a friendly smile. Because you are the Bright Star in someone's life. Bright Star Home Care is looking for caregivers and nurses. Bright Star believes working one-on-one with clients in their homes means better care. It's the reason you got into healthcare in the first place. Be the Bright Star in someone's life. Work with Bright Star. Apply today at brightstarjobs.com experienced
7: electricians come join our family-owned team. Here's Ariel. At EverReady, we are his sponsor for the apprenticeship program.
6: I like the small company feel, that family feel. If you have a problem, you can directly go to the owners. firsthand. speaks a lot about their values and how they value their employees.
7: Competitive wages, great atmosphere, great benefits. Apply at EverReadyElectric.net for all your electrical needs. We are EverReady. When it comes to custom jewelry,
2: get to know your Denny's jeweler. The way Denny's works custom is based on emotions, and it's based on the clients, what they are feeling and wanting and looking for, and eventually it evolves into this piece of art. I'm Nick Denny. Come meet the entire Denny's family at Denny's Jewelers.
6: Okay, so Bear, last Wednesday you're on a business trip, and we were being like, "What the hell happened Whoa. with Wisconsin hockey?" And we even had a topic: <laughs> Will they win more than four it's getting games? Getting hot in here, boys. Will <laughs> they win more than four <laughs> games? And we were not doing, we were in a tough spot with Wisconsin hockey last week. They just swept number ten Minnesota Duluth the weekend that just happened. Yeah. What, what uh, Bear? Well, how do you put this in it. the words for us? Let's
9: talk about it. I mean, uh, when when St. Cloud State. You know, their first series is at Ohio State on the road. Ohio State's, I don't, know, I think around eleven right now, ranked eleven, doing well. Second series against St. Cloud State at Kohl Center, number two in the nation, and they played. They played some good hockey. They played some good hockey. I think there's some couple soft goals there by Jared Moe, but overall they played decent hockey. A couple breakdowns, and St. Cloud dominated some, and they <laughs> they went on the road to Duluth. You know, I watched the game on Friday, which was on. NBC. Yeah, shout out to Jocko. I think there was a grad assistant doing the camera work. I'm not <laughs> sure, but it was like, yeah. it was a little dude, off. Dude, hey, well, it you were sick your, watching the game. Write down down your I could
2: tell it was Duluth's broadcast and just simulcast. Yeah. Yeah. Write
6: down your complaints, and I'll send it to Jocko of NBC15. Okay. Yeah, Jocko. I don't think Jocko had anything to do
9: with it, but well, um, he, he knows people. That he, he knows can pass people, it and knows, <laughs> yeah that knows people. Yeah, but uh, anyways, they look pretty good. In that game, they look mm-hmm. good, and I listened to the game on the radio because it wasn't on TV on Saturday because I was on the road in Chippewa Falls. And uh, you know, they sounded good, and Jared most up 73 out of 75 shots. He did, a, he did a great job. They had they got power play goals, which they need, yeah. Got to clean up the PK a little bit, huh. got to clean up the PK, not clipping at a good rate, but overall, they 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 found something there, so there's something there. You know, let's once again, as we always we always get together, boys in the fall. It's like, you know, let's just wait a couple. You know, we you yeah, gotta it's like, wait. It's not, you know, it's what not like football. Are they? You, know, what football are you got like ten, eleven games. Right. Boom. You, you gotta make some hay. Hockey, this, you gotta figure out your identity. So, uh,
6: I'm, I'm, you know, I love these little quips that I get from uh, Wisconsin hockey because I'm on the Badgers mailing list. Wisconsin hockey coming off a road sweep of number ten Minnesota Duluth, uh, skates in its fourth consecutive series against a ranked opponent. To Start the season when undefeated and number 16 Penn State visits. Yeah, six and Center. Penn
9: State. So that's, so that's a big series come How, up.
6: Bear, when you. So this team, before the sweep over the weekend that was, we weren't, uh, like I said, we weren't in a good spot. How huge is this of, no, of a huge. confidence booster early on in the season to sweep the 10th team in the country? Yeah, it's huge. And, and Tony Granado's not running
9: from it. I don't know if everyone's been watching the interviews, but he's saying he knows it's like there's no moral victories, like, you know, such as the. Hey, we played well against St. Cloud State, but we didn't win. He knows that it's it's uh, it's it's time to prove and time to time to win and get some results. So that was an absolute big boost um, for the team to win on the road. I don't know if the research department can look this up, but when was the last time the Badgers swept on the road? That would be interesting to know wow. how many years ago that was. Like first a ranked team, or, or just in general, just
2: in general.
6: I think
9: just I'll in just general start with in general.
2: <laughs>
6: <first>. <laughs> we're going to do baby steps here. Okay. All right. So moving forward, then Barry, we got number 16, Penn state coming in here. Um, how quick of a rise has this Penn state been?
9: Yeah. I mean, you look, there's their, their schedule, the strength of schedule that Penn state had. And it, you know, they played some teams that were sort of mid mid-level teams. Yeah. But once again, they're six and all. So let, let's see what's going to happen. You know, Penn state usually comes, they play a lot of offense. They throw a lot of pucks at the net. Um, you know, so it's, it's it's exciting game for people to go to. Badgers, let's let's carry that momentum. They they've never been able to carry the momentum the last couple of years. Why well, I yeah. say the last year, you know, in terms of like getting something going. Let's let's put some strings together here.
6: How how full <laughs> it's do you a think? Big the, sigh. I'm I'm thinking because it's at home. Like how full do you think the barn's gonna be?
9: Yeah, the barn's not gonna be as full as it. That's know, the should. that was I mean, the sigh. Yeah, and it's going to take time. Yeah. I mean, it's it's really it's going to take time to to get back people, to get back the loyalty of the Badger Hockey fans.
2: Um, yeah, I I went uh to the St. Cloud game yeah. Saturday and I mean, that was it was a 2-1 game, but still that I mean, even for an old WCHA fo, I thought there'd be more people there. Yeah. But it was I'd be surprised if you would tell me there were 7,000 people there. Yeah. No, I mean, well
9: is Fall it, is always tough too. Yeah, right with football, you got high school football going on, so that's always a tough. Is it just you know, winning is the cure, all And winning is the cure, and then you know because I think they, there's some talent there, and they actually played when I watched the St. Cloud in person. The team actually looked more cohesive and connected, shall I say? And uh, when I watched the Duluth game, they looked a little bit, like I said, a little bit more together. Yeah. So they're getting that scoring, that secondary scoring, which is great. They got some good freshmen on the team.
1: If you need to know about farming, then you need to know Pam Yonke. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke.
0: Boy, it looks like we've got a nice stretch of weather coming our way. Today's sunshine and 55, tomorrow's sunshine and 59, into the 60s Saturday and Sunday and hanging on to those 60s well into next week. So glad you're along with us. I'm Pam Yonke. So today is the 27th day of October. On this day back in 1904, the New York City subway started operations. Yeah, on this day back in 1904, it's considered one of the world's largest and most used rapid transit systems in the world. 1904, they began using it. On this day in 1955, Rebel Without a Cause, directed by Nicholas Ray, starring the up-and-coming James Dean and Natalie Wood was released. On this day back in 1955, Rebel Without a Cause. Happy birthday this morning, To actor-comedian John Cleese, he is 83, part of the Monty Python crew. And uh, the ex of former President Donald Trump, Marla Maples, she turns 59 today. And now you know. Well, we know there's nothing more frustrating than having beautiful weather for the harvest of 2022 and then breaking down. But boy, I'll tell you what, today our farm equipment is so complex, most farmers can't even attempt to fix it on their own. That means they have to rely on their local implement dealer. And boy, that's a problem. Because today, service technicians to repair that equipment are few and far between. Just ask Josh Gruet; He's the service manager and co-owner of Wapon Equipment.
9: 40 years ago, equipment was a lot simpler, so you could train somebody in a week or two on most of the basic stuff. Now, uh, the equipment's exponentially more complex. You can't learn it in 10 minutes or two days or three days. It's quite an extensive amount of training to get the basics on even just how to troubleshoot and diagnose the equipment. You know, 40 years ago, a lot of guys could work on their own equipment. They could do the basic stuff themselves. You know, they had the tools and the capacity to be able to do it, and now machine complexity has made that difficult. It's not even necessarily that there's more equipment or anything like that, it's very few people attempt to do any of their own maintenance just because of the complexity of the equipment.
0: Now, Josh Gruet, he's a service manager and co owner of Wapon Equipment. He said, Really, what they can do is ask farmers to try to be patient and just continue to try to recruit, recruit, recruit. You know, aside from breakdowns, the other frustrating part we're noticing during the harvest of 2022 the weeds that got through and are still persisting. That's a problem for a lot of Wisconsin farmers, no matter where they're farming. Stephanie Hoff's got more.
10: As you're bouncing around in the cab of your tractor, getting your corn crop off the ground, are you noticing any problematic weeds? Tough weeds missed by your herbicide recipe this year. Well, lucky for you, Corteva AgriScience is bringing something new to your herbicide program for the 2023 corn crop. I'm Stephanie Hoff for the Midwest Farm Report here with Kelly White, the product manager for corn herbicide for Corteva AgriScience. They've just launched ResiCore XL herbicide and Kelly's team is excited for its potential in cornfields. Yeah, we're really excited. ResiCore XL
8: is our brand new premium corn herbicide on the market. Um, We just got federal registration this past July, and it's going to be just a blockbuster product for us in terms of weed control, in terms of application flexibility, and in terms of crop safety.
10: Kelly, can you tell us how it performed in those trials leading up to its launch?
8: Yeah, absolutely. So we've been studying this in university as well as farm trials. Um, for the last two years to be able to really get that hands-on experience to understand what weed spectrums that this is going to cover and what flexibility that it will have in terms of pre as well as post programs. So we have a lot of that data that they can get through the University as well as internal or at the local retail level.
10: Kelly you already mentioned it allows a wider application window, increased crop safety. Can you tell us more about the attributes of this herbicide that sets it apart.
8: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Resicor XL is going to be a three-mode-of-action product. Uh, That's really important when you're thinking about your weed spectrum. You want to be able to control every weed that you might be facing. Um, So it's three modes of action, Acetochlor, Mesotrione, and Clopyrilid. Um, It also, like you said, is pre- and post-emergent. So depending on what program you have, you can spray it pre-applied, all the way up until 24-inch corn, which is extremely important given weather events, given different application timings that any grower may be wanting to go after. Um, It's also really safe in terms of crop safety. So if you're spraying it post, um, you can expect that it's going to be really safe on the corn tissue. Um, And finally, it's going to be really flexible in terms of what you can tank mix it with. You're going to be able to throw in a lot of different premixes that that you might want to use in terms of either glyphosate or atrazine.
10: Kelly White along with us the product manager with Corteva Agriscience, excited to have launched an herbicide to work for Wisconsin corn growers. You can learn more about Resicore XL herbicide by connecting with your retailer or visit resicorexl.com and that's where you can see the label and more benefits of adding Resicore XL to your 2023 herbicide program. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Stephanie Hoff.
1: Soil health, it's the top priority at Midwestern BioAg. It's the first thing they consider with every product at every step. It's designed to build healthy, biodiverse soils to support healthy soil, resilient crops, and higher yields. Midwestern BioAg offers biological fertilizers to optimize yields during the growing season, all the while building healthy soil for the future. To learn what a Midwestern BioAg program can do for you, visit MidwesternBioAg.com. Midwestern BioAg, better farming through better soil.
0: If you've got anxiety about being able to find a Thanksgiving turkey, well, worry no more. Bavaria Sausage has you covered. Fabulous farm babe Pam Yonke here for Judy and the very busy crew at Bavaria Sausage. Now, remember, they're located physically at the corner of Nesbitt Road, Fitch Runner Road in Fitchburg. Retail hours 9 until 5, but they're open 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. BavariaSausage.com. And Judy says she will have... Fresh Thanksgiving turkeys ready to go, but... Order in advance, especially if you're looking for a bigger-than-average turkey this year. Again, she is ready to provide it for you and your family, along with all the rest of the holiday fixings you're looking for. I could barely get through the store myself because she's got so many authentic German holiday treats, including 12 different advent calendars. BavariaSausage.com, Bavaria Sausage in Fitchburg. Tell them Farm Babe sent you.
4: As a dairy farmer, you depend on your milk receiver pump. McFin Technologies of Kenosha introduces the impressive Bowpillar pump. It's quieter, there's lower maintenance, as the seals last much longer than your old milk receiver pump. It offers a more powerful cleaning cycle with higher velocities, and it doesn't degrade the quality of your milk. Ask your dealer for the Bowpillar milk receiver pump, patented by McFen Technologies, an American company committed to providing a better product for the dairy industry.
0: Well, the 95th National FFA Convention is underway in Indianapolis, and I don't think it surprises any of us to know that the leadership from Culver's is present. 60,000 scoops of vanilla custard served over three days. Allison Demmer, public relations manager for Culver's, shares the message about the Thank You Farmers program and initiatives that Culver's has put in place across their restaurant chain all in support of the FFA.
10: While we've always supported agriculture and really our roots tie back to the agricultural lifestyle with our brand starting in Wisconsin, we really knew that the next generation of leaders in agriculture are how we can support agriculture further. So we love supporting FFA members and we have lots of different programs that allow them to see their potential and even potentially work in our local restaurants. There are lots of ways that they can get involved with Culver's.
0: Allison Demmer, Public Relations Manager for Culver's, talking about their Thank You Farmers campaign and all the initiatives that they've put in place to try to support the next generation of farmers. Their Thank You Farmers campaign started in 2013. Yesterday in Chicago, barrel cheese dropped two and a half cents to 198. Forty-pound block cheese was down four and a quarter at 199 and three quarters, while double butter drifted a quarter cent lower to 315 a pound. This morning in Chicago, right now we've got December corn currently trading two cents higher at 687. November soybeans are up seven at 1388. December wheats up eight at 848. The November Class Three milk is unchanged, currently at 2047 a hundred weight. So what's going on with our dairy complex? What's happening with cheese as we roll toward the holiday season? Talking about that next with our guest, Katie Burgess from EverEgg.
1: This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke.
7: Are you looking for something special? Something right for your needs? What about something with performance backed by unique germplasm? Well, we're here to help you find a soulmate for your soil. Your soilmate with Agrigold. Enjoy a seed made so specifically for your soil, it feels like fate. And with a team that's with you every step of the way, it's never been easier. Find your soilmate at chooseagrigold.com. Here's another
2: remarkable success story from QC Kinetics, this one from Chad who hurt his knee at the gym one day and it just kept on hurting
0: for months. From my high school football and wrestling days, I already had a little bit of damage in there but this just sent it over the edge.
2: Chad tried traditional treatments with no improvement when he turned to the non-surgical regenerative treatments at QC Kinetics.
0: It was really fascinating how they did their work and the science behind it was very intriguing and it works. Extracting
7: the cure out of my own body blew my mind. It's like I'm brand new again. It was fantastic
2: that's because the qc kinetics natural biologic treatments use your body's own healing power to restore damaged tissue in your hips, shoulders back and knees providing long lasting relief now i'm
0: back at the gym i'm 100 percent feeling great if
2: you're tired of suffering with pain from arthritis or injury call qc kinetics now for a free consultation
6: call qc kinetics 608-319-1750 that's 608-319-1750
2: Your next job could be as close as seven miles south of Madison. Tructee LLC in Oregon is growing and are now hiring in all areas, including builders, electricians, and electrical engineers, to name a few. You'll work at the same place every day. Schedules are flexible, pay scale is attractive, and receive a $2,500 sign-on bonus. Plus, a huge advantage of being closer to work and saving on gas. Apply in person or online at trachteusa.com. From
1: farm to fork and everything in between, we cover it all. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke.
0: Yes, indeed. And today we're covering dairy markets and what you better prepare for going into calendar year 2023. Joining us this morning, one of the broker analysts with Everag, that's Katie Burgess. And we want to jump right in. Katie, I just uh, had an interview with Dr. Mark Stevenson from the Center for Dairy Profitability trying to help people understand the relationship between barrel and block cheese prices. It got, it got out of whack the past couple of weeks. We're closer now, but I'm sure the market's been paying attention to that.
5: Yes, for sure. Actually, yesterday we got back into what we as market analysts would view a normal alignment um, with block cheese trading above barrel cheese. But it has different impacts, especially down to the dairy producer level. So one one thing to know is that as the market got back into normal alignment, prices actually move lower as well. So we're seeing cheese below $2 for the first time in a while. So that's going to weigh on prices back to the producer. And the market gets a little bit weird when it gets out of alignment because the price that the processors can afford to pay back to the dairy producers ultimately ends up being a little bit lower. So even though it's something that is a little bit quirky in the market, it does have an impact back
0: to the dairy producer's milk check. Well, especially here in Wisconsin where we are so cheese-centric. And that's why we've seen some of our dairy cooperatives, our dairy companies, send those letters to producers telling them about the situation.
5: That's for sure. It is definitely something that makes it bumpy all the way through the supply chain because at the end of the day, we do make So much cheese in Wisconsin, and the majority of it, when a dairy manufacturer is selling that cheese to a customer, the customer usually is paying based off of the CME block price. And so when that price is lower, that means the revenue the processor has to pay back to the dairy producer is a little bit lower as well.
0: What are you seeing going into 2023, Katie? Are we going to be able to rectify the situation by the end of the fourth quarter? I think so.
5: So as a person with a background in economics, at the end of the day, believe that the markets are going to give the right signals to all the players and that the market will get back into a more typical alignment. The one thing, though, I am nervous about as we make our way into 2023 is that here for the month of October, milk prices are looking pretty good, probably come in just shy of $22 for the class three price but we do expect to see that market start to fade. So from a dairy consumption perspective, dairy consumption peaks right around the holidays. Think all those cheese trays at parties and all that butter that goes into Christmas cookies. From here though, we do expect consumer demand to back off a little bit, especially given all the headwinds consumers are facing from higher gas prices, higher energy bills, and just general concerns about the economy. So right now, what the futures market is telling us is that we'll see prices here just shy of twenty dollars, of twenty-two dollars for October, but potentially dipping below twenty dollars even by as soon as December.
0: And we do have to pay attention not just to what's happening here in the Midwest, but what's happening globally as far as milk. You got some new numbers out. Uh, taking a look at uh, the Oceania folks, uh, namely New Zealand. What are what are the trends looking like, Katie? We have been sliding down as far as overall production. What did you see last night?
5: Yes, last night we saw that New Zealand milk production improved a little bit compared to what it had been. So really for the past chunk of months here, New Zealand milk production had been down 5% on a year-over-year basis. For the month of September, we got the data last night, it showed September down just 3% on a year-over-year basis. So uh, the way to read that is it's not as bad as it had been in New Zealand, but milk production there is still soft because similar to producers here in the U.S., they've been facing a lot of headwinds. The cost of production is very high in New Zealand as well. And their weather had not been great over the past year. That being said, you know, New Zealand, they're on the opposite side of the world as us. So as we're enjoying autumn, it is their spring flush. Right around this time of year is peak milk production, and their cows are, the majority of them are out on pasture. The weather looks like it may be improving a little bit, so it'll be interesting to see what happens during their spring flush, which is occurring right
0: now. Right. And, you know, although obviously, like you said, different hemisphere, still in the world marketplace, uh, still a major supplier to places like China. What is China's appetite these days? If uh, New Zealand kicks it in high gear, is China still a player? We haven't heard much about them, Katie.
5: No, it, it is definitely a little troubling for dairy markets when we don't hear too much about of China. So From an overall Chinese perspective, demand for dairy products here in 2022 has been a little bit lower. And as we look ahead, we're still a little concerned about are they going to come back and buy more? The latest import data we have from China for the month of September showed that imports of dairy products continued to be lower. But they're still fighting COVID. They still have their zero COVID policy in place which seems to be weighing on dairy demand. Plus, we continue to see that in China, their their goal is to ramp up internal milk production. And so we see them growing domestic supply as well, potentially leading them to pull back what they need from the rest of the world.
0: All right. Katie Burgess along with us, if you're just joining us, she's one of the broker analysts with EverEgg. And uh, all of this uncertainty, be it world milk production or even the simple disparity between block and barrel prices, are encouraging you to remind producers about those risk management tools that are available, huh, Katie?
5: Oh, definitely. We There's a lot of uncertainty as we go into 2023. And given that the cost of production has been up so high at record high levels, we're making sure that the producers we work with are thinking about how they mitigate that risk. So two great programs are to, con- to consider are the Dairy Margin Coverage Program, where you can sign up at your local FSA office or dairy revenue protection insurance that you can get from a crop insurance agent. Both of them are going to help protect you if the milk market does fall.
0: Katie, if people have questions or want to follow up on this conversation, how can they get in touch with you?
5: Yeah, producers or anyone who wants to learn more about dairy markets can visit our website. uh, That is ever.ag, as in agriculture. Or you can feel free to reach out to our office, 608 249 5030.
0: Lots of information this morning, Katie. Thanks so much. We'll catch up with you again soon. Thanks so much. Katie Burgess, joining us live this morning again, a broker analyst from Everag that's keeping an eye on not just what's happening here in Wisconsin, but obviously what's happening around the world. It all plays in on the price that you're going to be enjoying or not enjoying as we end this calendar year. Tomorrow, we're going to catch up with our friends at Compure Financial, you know, a lot of talk these days about what's happening with interest rates and uh what do you need to think about for 2023 that way. We'll catch up with you tomorrow morning.
1: This is the Midwest